For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen to our program week after week. If you have any questions about today's program or maybe a a question from a program from the past, you can contact me by email at SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. That's SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. Our program today, it covers a subject that's very, very deep and very soul-searching, I could say. And the title of today's program is Prayerful Inner Searching. Yeah, and it kind of goes along with the scripture from the New Testament in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And it says this. I'll give you the shortened version of it. It says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. There's a lot of intricacies that go along with that kind of statement. Your whole spirit, quote, unquote. And so the great mysterious work of the Holy Spirit is in the deep recesses of our being, which we can't reach. You and I cannot reach them. If you take the time, take it when you can, take and read Psalms 139. And the psalmist implies this, quote, unquote. O Lord, you are the God of the early mornings, the God of the late nights, the God of the mountain peaks, and the God of the sea. But, my God, my soul has horizons further away than those of the early mornings, deeper darkness than the nights of the earth, higher peaks than any mountain peaks, and greater depths than any sea in nature. You who are the God of all of these, Be my God. I cannot reach to the heights or to the depths. These are the motives I cannot discover. Dreams I cannot realize. My God, search me. My question to you is, do we believe that God can fortify and protect our thought process? You know, all of these thought processes that we have, can he fortify and protect us far beyond where you and I can go? And the answer is yes, of course. And uh, in 1 John, in the letters to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if this verse means cleansing only of our conscious level, I tell you, may God have mercy on our souls. But the man who has been doled by sin, think about this, will say that he cannot even be conscious of it. He's not even conscious of it. But the cleansing from sin that we reach 
in the heights and the depths of our spirit, if we walk in the light, in his light, the same spirit that fed the life of Jesus Christ will feel, will feed, will feed and fill the life of our spirit. And it's only when you and I are protected by God with the miraculous sacredness of the Holy Spirit that our spirit and soul and body can be preserved in pure uprightness until the day of his coming, the day of the coming of Jesus, no longer condemned in God's sight because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on our behalf. And so I would ask you to please, we should, as often as possible, we should more frequently allow our minds to meditate on these great, massive truths. So important. And I, I, I think that when we're talking about sin and we're talking about the how we're being cleansed, uh, sometimes we, we stop short of what the, how deep those thoughts should be. And I want to share this line of thinking with you. It's not always what we do that causes sin. It's not always the action that we do that causes sin. I would tell you that more often it's what we don't do. It's what we don't say. It's those we ignore and those that had need that we turned away. And even in the times that we kept silent when we should have spoken up. I mean, you say to yourself, I didn't steal. And I say to you, is it possible that you didn't give? Right? I say, or you say, I didn't lie. But did you speak up on behalf of others? I think that's something that we so often miss in the life of the walk of faith. In a believer, we're conscious always about trying not to sin. But as you know, and many of you know, maybe some of you don't, but in the Gospel of Matthew in 20, chapter 25, some often call that where it talks about the sins of omission. Where were you when I was hungry? Where were you when I was thirsty? I think that we need to step a big step back and make sure that in our perfect package lives that we've been convinced that if we do this and look like this and wear this and have this level of material goods, that somehow that life that we're living is a good life. We can be fooled. We can be lulled into a sense of false security. God has blessed us and given us gifts. And those of us that possess even more have even more of a responsibility because God didn't give it to us only for our own benefit, but so that we could share it with others who have a great need. Thus sharing the gospel, the good news of the kingdom endlessly with those around us. And I'm not saying that you have to be wealthy to give. You know, Jesus talks about the rich man and the woman who, who only had some several copper coins. And the apostles in this parable where they talked about, well, you know, who gave more, the rich man or, you know, or the woman? She only put in a few coins. 
The idea here, though, as Jesus explained, was that the wealthy person gave out of their wealth. It didn't hurt them at all. Didn't, didn't matter. Didn't affect their life in any way. Where the woman who had given even her last copper coin gave all that she had. Think about those as you go through your life and where you're at. You know, we want to think of ourselves as good people. We want to think of ourselves as, as oh, we help, we do, we do, we do these things. And so I would ask you to, to take a deeper thought, to take a closer look at where we are in our thinking process of how we're sharing the blessings that God has allowed us to have. How are we passing on and how are we sharing those blessings with others? I think it's a crucial point that sometimes, you know, we settle back into our own comfort zone, right? I want to read you a scripture from Acts in the New Testament, chapter 26, 17 and 18. It says, I now send you to open their eyes that they may receive the forgiveness of sins. Incredible scripture in Acts, as all of Acts is. But this verse is the greatest example of the true essence of the message of a disciple of Jesus Christ, probably in all of the New Testament. God's first servant, uh, sovereign work of grace is summed up in the words that they may receive the forgiveness of sins. Now, when a person fails in his personal walk of faith or Christian's life, uh, it's usually because he's never received anything. And the only sign that a person is saved is that he's received something from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our job as workers for God is to open people's eyes so that they may turn themselves from the darkness to the light. Now, we know that there's much more, there is more that goes along with that, that is the Holy Spirit is bringing that realization, but God has allowed us to have those seeds to plant. What a wonderful thing God has done for us to do, to plant those in the path that we walk, and the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of those who have received it, and they begin to have a choice in their walk. I think it's so crucial that we understand that process, because we, sometimes we get lost and make the process very complicated. Again, our job as workers for God is to open people's eyes so that they may turn themselves from darkness to light. But that's not salvation, that's conversion. And only the effort of an awakened human being. Aha! So, and I don't think it's too broad a statement to say that the majority of of so-called Christians are like this. I, I, I don't think it's too broad of a statement. Their eyes are opened, but they haven't received anything. Because when you receive something, you bear fruit. Aha! As the scripture says, you will know them by their fruit. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Comfort now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, thank you for tuning in to our program this morning. And as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time week after week to tune into our program. We welcome your your questions and your encouragements. Thank you so much. And should you want to reach out to me and email me any of your questions or your thoughts, please email me at Saturday morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. That's Saturday morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And should you want a free Bible, please also send me your name and your address to Saturday morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com and I will send you a Bible free of charge. And my prayer would be that you would wear out those pages. So please take the time to do that. Again, you've tuned in to Saturday morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Our program today is entitled Powerful Inner Searching. Um, We're in the second segment of today's program. And I I believe that we've been discussing and sharing some really important things in our walk of faith. And that's what we try to do here at Saturday Morning with Dan Brown. The idea is to be the starting, the appetizer, and that hopefully we will spur something on in your mind for you to continue that thought process and studying. We certainly cannot cover uh, really a, a lot of ground in just an hour program. But we've chosen this format all these years so that we could at least get a solid hour of information out so that you could process it and put together any questions that you have and email them to me. But again, we left off with uh, Acts 26, 17 to 18, where it says, I now send you to open their eyes that they may receive the forgiveness of sins. And again, we're sharing that, that this verse is really the greatest example of the true essence of the message of a disciple of Christ in probably all of the New Testament. Because God's first servant, uh, uh, sovereign work of grace is summed up in those words that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Now, I don't think that... Uh, uh, when we're talking about this, our job as workers is to help open the eyes of, of people so that they may turn themselves from the darkness to the light, so that they may seek it and make a conscious choice. Remember, there is a choice here that we are all responsible to make. God gives us a choice to accept him or not. And hopefully we do. And so that God's wonderful grace and compassion uh, will be bestowed upon us. I, I just, it is a wonderful Uh, He is a wonderful, loving God who we serve and only wants the best for humanity, who he loves endlessly. Now, their eyes are open, but they've received nothing sometimes, right? Conversion is not a regeneration. And uh, this is a neglected fact so much uh, in our, our society and preaching today. When a person is born again, he knows that it's because he's received something as a gift 
from Almighty God, not because of his own decision, but because God has given him that gift and he will accept it. People may make vows and promises and may be determined to follow through, but that's not salvation. Salvation means that we are brought to a place where we are able to receive something from God on the authority of Jesus Christ, namely, most importantly, the forgiveness of sins. And this ends up being followed by God's second mighty work of grace, an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Yes, indeed. In sanctification, the one who's been born again deliberately, now here's a, here's a decision, deliberately gives up his right to himself, to Jesus Christ, and identifies himself entirely with God's ministry to others. I think that is so crucial. We talk about God's will and, and putting God's will um, we, in the Lord's Prayer. We pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we pray for God's will to be done on earth, it's all-encompassing. Everything that is on earth that is in line and becomes in line with God's will. I think that is so such an important point for us to really ponder, put into our hearts, and prayerfully, prayerfully, let's not forget prayer, prayerfully communicate with our living God what our desire is to be, that we desire his will over our own. I'm going to read you a scripture from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verse 26. And as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. Here's the issue. If we obey God, it's going to cost other people more than it costs us. And that's where the pain begins. If we're in love with our Lord, obedience doesn't cost us anything. It is an absolute delight. But to those who do not love him, our obedience does cost a great deal. If we obey God, it'll mean that other people's plans are upset. And they'll ridicule us as if to say, you call this Christianity? We could prevent suffering, but not if we're obedient to God. And we really need to let that cost be paid. When our obedience begins to cost others, our human pride entrenches itself and we say, I will never accept anything from anyone. But the reality is we must or disobey God. And we have no right to think that this type of relationship that we have with others should be any different from those of the Lord himself had. And if you want to see that, uh, go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, 1 through 3. I think you'll find that quite enlightening and interesting. And so where does that lead us? It leads us to the fact that a lack of progress in our spiritual life results when we try to bear all costs on ourselves, right? We cannot do that. And, and the truth of the matter is we cannot. 
because we're so involved in the universal purposes of our creator, others are affected by our obedience to him. Will we remain faithful to our obedience to God? And will we be willing to suffer the humiliation of refusing to be independent? Or will we just do the opposite and say, oh, I'm not going to cause anybody to suffer? We can disobey God if we choose, and it will bring immediate relief to the situation. Oh, I don't want to offend. I don't want to put stress or grief. But the truth of that matter is when we choose that path, and again, it's a choice, we will grieve our Lord. If, however, we obey God, he will care for those who've suffered the consequences of our obedience. This is consequences of our obedience because we refuse to do the worldly things that we did before. So uh, offense begins to take place and or this or that. We must simply obey and leave all the consequences with him. And beware of the inclination to dictate to God what consequences you would allow as a condition of your obedience to him. How often have we heard that? How often do we see this kind of phraseology take place in certain situations, you know? Is it our own thoughts or maybe someone says, you know, oh, if God allows me to do this or, you know, those kinds of things, or I'll do this if God does this for me. That is a wrong path to begin to walk down. Give it all over to the Lord. And his promise is, is that he will take care of all needs. And your obedience, though it may seem to cause others to suffer, may also be the impetus for them to come to know the Lord as well. So I hope you do. I really, really hope that you think of that in such a deep, uh, a deep and caring way of what that truly means. I'm going to read you a scripture in Mark 4, chapter 34. When they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Think about that, our solitude with him. This is what we're trying to get. Because Jesus doesn't take us aside and explain things to us all the time. He explains things to us as we're able to understand him. And the lives of others are examples for us. But God requires us to examine our own souls. And I will tell you, it's a slow work. And so slow that it takes God all the time in eternity to make a man or a woman conform to his purpose. It it, it can be lifetime. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It depends on the individual. But I would ask you to pray about these things so that you can have that solitude with him and let him guide you in the way. And it takes time. Think about that. It takes time. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 
95.5. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Fox News. I'm Paul Stevens. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen wrapping up meetings in California with China's Vice Premier amid concerns that Russia could be getting equipment for its war against Ukraine. We are determined to do all that we can to stem this flow um, of material that aids Russia in conducting this brutal and illegal war. President Biden and China President Xi Jinping, meantime, set to meet this weekend in California. SAG-AFTRA approving a deal to end the actors' strike. Union head Fran Drescher on her union's strength. We started to come together as a family. People that were completely at odds from another time came together. That strike lasting 118 days. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Atlantic City Electric AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey today. We start the weekend with plenty of sunshine with a high today 58. A clear star-studded sky for us tonight, and we're going down to 29. Sunny tomorrow, a little cooler, the high 50. And then staying sunny and nice on Monday, we're going up to 56. Plan with confidence, visit AccuWeather.com. I'm AccuWeather's Rose Tamburino on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. As always, we appreciate you tuning in to our program today. Thank you for tuning in as we enter into our third segment of today's program of the prayerful inner searching. And I, I think that's very uh, crucial point for us to really uh, contemplate and give some prayerful thinking to. Uh, we left off on the uh, second segment talking about our solitude with him, how important that is. And so in uh, thinking about our solitude, we kind of talked about the lives of others that are examples for us. But again, God requires us to examine our old, our own souls. And we talked about it being a slow work. And sometimes it's so slow that it takes God all of the time and eternity to make a man or a woman bring us into conformity with his purpose. And so we can only be used by God after we allow him to show us the deep and hidden areas of our own character. So often we're running and going, we're so thrilled, we're on fire, we don't get to the point of where we have a self-examination. We are always looking at the others and we are always figuring out what's wrong with them. But yet, we don't do a self-reflection, we don't spend that solitude with him in deep prayer, which is so crucial. And so, it really is... Um, Again, I, want to, I think it's such an important statement to understand that we can only be used by God 
um, when he, when we allow him to show us the deep hidden areas of ourselves. And sometimes we don't even recognize the envy that we possess. We don't recognize the laziness or God forbid, we don't recognize the pride within us when we see it. We justify it as so many other kinds of things. But I will tell you that Jesus will reveal to us everything we have held within ourselves before his grace began to work within us. I'll ask you this question. How many of us have learned to look inwardly with courage? Because what happens is, as we begin to look inwardly, when we start to notice something, we become filled with shame and begin to turn away. And so, so many of these other things become ignored. And so that's not something that we can do. And remember, he'll reveal to us everything we've held within ourselves before the grace began to work. We have to get rid of the idea that we understand ourselves. That's something I've I've come to the reality of so often as I do not know. I do not even understand myself in those deep things, but God does. This is the last bit of pride to go. The only one who understands us is God, the actual creator of us. And the greatest curse in our spiritual life is pride. And we go, it goes often so, so many times so unrecognized. We call it all kinds of other things. And the reality of it is the sin of pride. Absolutely. I don't want to go into all of the things that it can be and how it can be masked, but nonetheless, it is pride. And sometimes we don't want to look so deeply in and find out exactly where we are. But if we ever have had a glimpse of what we're like in the sight of God, we'll never say, oh, I'm so unworthy. We will understand that it goes without saying. But as long as there's any doubt that we are unworthy, God will continue to close us in until he gets us alone. And this is the process of what God does within us. And whenever there is any element of pride or conceit remaining, honestly, brothers and sisters, Jesus can't teach us anything because that is a blockade. It is a roadblock. And he will allow us to experience heartbreak or disappointment. Absolutely. Heartbreak and disappointment. When we feel that our intellectual pride, oh, we got to go there, is wounded. And he'll reveal numerous misplaced affections or desires and things over which we have never thought he would have to get us alone to get out. And many things are shown to us and often without effect. But when God gets us alone over them, I will tell you, he will make it crystal, crystal clear. So seek God in all those kinds of things. Seek his will so that he can reveal those things to us. Now, we talked about our solitude with him 
Now, what about his solitude with us? Ah, listen, when God gets us alone through suffering and heartbreak, temptation and disappointment, sickness or by even thwarted desires, broken friendships or a new friendship, when he gets us absolutely alone, we are totally speechless and we're unable to even ask one question. Then, and at that point and then only, he begins to teach us. Notice Jesus' training of the 12, right? Uh, you can look up that, uh, you can go to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verse 10. He says, when he was alone, the 12 asked him about the parable. And now we're talking about his solitude with us. Isn't that the interesting thing? We are totally speechless, and he begins to teach us. Now, notice again his training of the 12. It was the disciples, not the crowds outside, who were confused. <laughs> interesting, right? His disciples were constantly asking him questions, and he constantly explained things to them. But most of the time, they didn't understand until after they receive the Holy Spirit. If you'd like a little more clarity on that, go to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 26. As you journey with God, the only thing he intends to be uh, is clear in the way he deals with our soul. Think about that. As we journey with God, the only thing he intends to be clear is the way he deals with our soul. That is our essence. The sorrows and the difficulties and lives of others will be absolutely confusing to you and I and will create all kinds of misdirection. We think we understand. Here, here's a very tricky thing because we think we understand another person's struggle, right? We think we understand their struggle until God reveals the same shortcomings in our lives, oh my, did that just open up a box. And I will tell you, there's vast areas of stubbornness and ignorance the Holy Spirit has to reveal in each and every one of us. It can be painful. There can be a suffering in that. When we look in the mirror and see the truth revealed of who we really are so deeply, and those things have to be overcome and put aside. And we do that when we allow God's to will to work within us. Again, it can only be done when Jesus gets us alone. I, I question you, are we alone with him right now? Or are we more concerned with our own ideas, our own friendships, and the cares of our bodies, the physicalness, the flesh, Oh, how many alleyways does our flesh draw us down? How many thoughts are taken off course of godliness when the flesh has a desire, when the flesh screams and takes us back to that scripture that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Are we more concerned with our own ideas, our friendships, and the cares of our bodies? And I will tell you, Jesus can't teach us 
anything until we quiet, quiet all of our intellectual questions and get alone with him. Remember, we are alone with him in the most intimate relationship possible. He's living, breathing, presenting us with the Holy Spirit that will teach us all things. Those are the things that we seek and those are the things that we desire and search for. I think another scripture that from the Old Testament is so great for us to, to really take in is in Isaiah 6, 8. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send and who shall go for us? And then I said, here I am, send me. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. God did not direct his call to Isaiah, Isaiah overheard God saying, who will go for us? Oh, I'll let you ponder that for a minute. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, thank you for tuning in this morning to our program. And as always, if you should have a question about today's program or maybe something that you'd like to hear us talk about, please contact me by email at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com that's saturday morning dan brown at yahoo.com also if you'd like a free bible please send me your name and your address i promise and commit to you that i won't use your information for anything other than to send you a free bible and one more time if you'd like any of those things or have questions comments or encouragements please contact me at saturday morning dan brown at yahoo.com Thank you for tuning in, and this is our fourth segment of this fine Saturday morning. The time really does go quickly when you enjoy what you're doing and enjoy what you're sharing. And we have talked about the intimacy of God. We've talked about some misconceptions and preconceptions from the beginning in the first segments about thinking that, you know, I haven't sinned or I haven't done this action, but we need to understand that we sin in not doing anything as well. We sin in not speaking up, the sin of omission. And we followed through on those thoughts to that deep, interpersonal, very personal, can't get any more personal relationship that God seeks with us. And so that's very important. And we talked about our time, um, our solitude with him, 
and his solitude with us. And so the fourth segment of today, as we look at this, we are talking about being called by God, the beginning of this. And so we, at the end of the last segment, I read you Isaiah 6, 8. And we see that God did not direct his call right to Isaiah, but Isaiah overheard God, essentially saying, who will go for us? And so I share this with you that the call of God is not just for a select few. The call is for everyone. Now, whether I hear God's call or not, here we go, we get more detailed. Whether I hear God's call or not depends on the condition of my ears. And exactly what I hear depends upon my spiritual attitude. Because then we go to the scripture in Matthew twenty-two fourteen, and it says, many are called, but few are chosen. And that is, few prove that they are the chosen ones. And the chosen ones are those who have come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and have their spiritual condition changed and their ears opened. Then they hear the voice of the Lord continually asking, who will go for us? Mm. Now, I will tell you, however, God doesn't single out someone and say, now you go. He doesn't force his will on Isaiah. And Isaiah was in the presence of God and he overheard the call. You have to think about that when you read that, right? He said he heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Whom shall go for us? It's amazing. He didn't force his will on Isaiah. But again, Isaiah was in the presence of God, and he overheard that call. Now, his response, performed in complete freedom, could only be to say, here I am, send me. I want you to remove the thought from your mind of expecting God to come force you or plead with you. When our God called his disciples, he did it without irresistible pressure from the outside. Think about that. The quiet yet passionate insistence of his. Think about what Jesus did. How gently he came upon these fishermen and tax collectors. How did he, how, what did he do? Did he, was it a powerful, booming, thunderous voice? No. When our Lord called his disciples, the quiet, passionate insistence of his, follow me. Oof. Unbelievable. Follow me. This was spoken to men whose every sense was receptive. And if you want to read a little bit more about that, go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 19. Because here's the reality of this. If we allow the Holy Spirit to bring us face to face with God, we too, you and I will all hear what Isaiah heard. The voice of the Lord 
in perfect freedom, willingness, we will say, here I am, send me. How incredible is that? I always long for that. I have, I hear it. And so we go, here I am, send me. And all of these things that we have discussed through these segments of today's program, I've experienced. I've looked in the mirror to experience shame. I've looked in the mirror to see disobedience. I've looked in the mirror to wrestle with my flesh who has its wants over what the spirit wants. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And some of these things, God, let's continue in our lives for his purpose. As we know that Paul had something going on, the Apostle Paul, where he asked God three times to remove this, whatever it was, physical, mental, emotional, whatever it turned, what actually was. There's many, you know, many thoughts to that, what it could be. But the reality is, whatever it was, that the Lord led Paul know that his grace was sufficient for him. And so for you and I, when we encounter those things, as long as we're trying to continue in God's will, so often these things prove us, educate us, lift us into sanctification. Oh, let us set, let us accept so graciously God's salvation. The question I asked you today as we turn to wrapping up today's program in this fourth and final second segment is do we walk in white? In Romans chapter 6 verse 4, it says we are buried with him. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, even so we also walk in a newness of life. Uh, this is an interesting theory that I'm going to share with you. I really want to whet your, whet your appetite so that you continue. But no one experiences sanctification without going through a white funeral, the burial of the old life. If there's never been this crucial moment of change through death, sanctification will never be more than just an elusive dream. We are living sacrifices, dying daily. There must be this white funeral, a death with only one resurrection, a resurrection into the life of Jesus Christ. And nothing can defeat a life like this. It has a oneness with God for only one purpose, to be a witness for him. This dying daily, living sacrifices, as Jesus asked us to become. And I want to, I want to ask you, have you really come to your last days? You often come to them in your mind, but have you really experienced them? Because you can't die or go to your funeral in a mood of excitement. Death means you stop being. You must agree with God and stop being intensely striving kind of Christian you have been. 
We avoid the cemetery and continually refuse our own death. But it won't happen by striving, but by yielding into being a living sacrifice. It is by dying, being baptized, we die to ourselves and live in Christ. Read Romans chapter 6, verse 3. And if you've had that kind of funeral, or are you piously deceiving your own soul? Are we deceiving ourselves? Have we died to self? Has there been a point in our life which you now mark as your last day? Is there a place in your life to which you go back in memory with humility and overwhelming gratitude so that you can honestly proclaim, yes, it was then that I made my agreement with God. And so this is the will of God, your sanctification. And once you truly realize this is God's will, you'll enter into a process of sanctification as natural response. And if you're willing to experience that spiritual death now, you will agree with him that this is your last day. And the moment of, the, of this agreement, it all depends on us to make that choice, to die to oneself and to live in Christ. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we'll talk next week. Again, thank you for listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.